Hi there, my name is Alex Faust, and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week, we meet with the top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, depending on what part of the world you are joining us from. I'm Alex Faust, your host of Conversations at the Edge, and very excited to have our guest, Matthew Pollard, here uh, for today's conversation. If you're not already familiar with Matthew, he's responsible for five multi-million dollar business success stories all before the age of 30. Very, very impressive resume. He is the best-selling author of The Introvert's Edge, which appears on HubSpot's list of most highly rated sales books of all time. And his course with Growth Institute is called Three Steps to Rapid Growth, which is the main topic of our conversation today. So where are you calling in from today? Well, while it probably doesn't sound that I'm actually calling in from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and I'm ecstatic to be here. Thanks for having me. For those of uh, the folks that haven't read your book or haven't seen your course, can you tell us a little bit about your first book, Introvert's Edge. I know it was a runaway success and would love to learn a little bit about what it uh, is all about and what motivated you to, to write the book. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, I, it, it did incredibly well. And I, I think the, the reason for that is, I mean, let's face it, there is not a single other book out in the world for introverted people trying to learn how to sell. And, you know, that's actually how the book came about. I mean, you know, I had reading speed issues growing up. I definitely didn't want to be the person that was going to be teaching sales. But, you know, a lot of times I talk about the three steps to rapid growth, which is what we talk about in the, the Growth Institute session. And I talk about differentiation, niche marketing, and then sales systemization, which is what I call the three steps to rapid growth. And I kept saying to all the people that I knew, somebody needed to write a book on introverted selling, i.e. not me. But everybody kept saying, no one's going to buy a book on introverted selling. I mean, introverts don't want to learn how to sell. And I'm like, this makes no sense to me. I mean, introverts want to found their own businesses. Some of them, I mean, yes, while a lot of them are very happy doing data entry and coding and, and quieter jobs, others actually want to go out and sell. They just don't know that they can. It's been really good to see how many people it's helped and really helping introverts realize that they're not second-class citizens. Their path to success is just different to that of an extrovert. And in truth, you know, while we may be terrible at sales up front, by learning a system, we could actually outsell all of our extroverted counterparts. You know, I know you have this, the three steps to rapid growth. You mentioned uh, the three steps before, but if you give us a little bit of an overview of what those, those three steps are, starting with niche marketing, and if the introvert side of things was where you decided to, to find your, your niche. Yeah, and I think niching is a, a really interesting concept for a lot of people because they're like, well, hang on a second. No, I've, I don't have enough clients. So any client's a good client. And so therefore, they put out this vanilla message that then, I mean, and firstly, if you're starting a new business, if you've got less economies of scale, less proof of success, you know, you, you just have less testimonials out there. You shouldn't be competing like for like with a bigger competitor. But truthfully, even when you're a big competitor, the truth is you don't want to be competing like for like anyway because then you're still going to get into a price battle. So for me, I always suggest that you have to be willing to sell to less. Now, this is not niching. A lot of people get this wrong. They don't, when you think about niching, they're like, well, hang on a second. If I pick a niche, do I have to fire all of the clients that I had in the part that I've, that I've been working with that don't fit that niche? Not at all. Do I have to turn down referrals that come to me? The truth is those people are being referred to you by somebody that thinks you're amazing. They don't care if you say you're a dentist on your website and you're actually a business coach. They are going to call you and say, hey, I heard you do coaching on the side. Can you help me? Right? So it's not got anything to do with that. Niching is a new customer 
are a new marketing acquisition strategy. That is all it is. Now, when we think about niching, the important thing to understand is that niching is about saying, I specialize with a group. Now, what do we know about people with specialities? Well, if you think about general practitioners versus a specialist in the medical field, which, which person are you paying more? Well, you're paying the specialist a lot more, but what do we know about specialities? Well, you have to be the best general practitioner to be able to specialize. So people have this perception that when you specialize, you can probably still help them more than the average anyway. So the great thing about knowing your niche and saying, I specialize with this demographic of people is usually what happens is people say, well, look, I know I'm not really from your niche, but is there any chance you can work with me too? But the great thing about niching is you know your customers better than they know themselves. Uh, the exercise that you do in terms of costs of the problem. Um, you talk about these three areas that you like to help um, the people that you're selling to or helping or serving uh, kind of analyze. And I, I'd love for you to, to go into that a little bit more and, and share with our community about the cost of the problem and, and how that works for you. Absolutely. I mean, I talk about this all the time. As a matter of fact, the number one keynote I do for corporations is called Build Your Story Playbook. And it's funny, everyone's like, oh, you know, we, we, you, I'd like to think our team do tell great stories. And what I find is they're all so one dimensional. And usually it's about, oh, we did this for this customer and here's how amazing we were. And then we got to this great outcome for the client. And it's like, well, what's the outcome? And it's like, well, they, it's, it's a one dimensional answer. So the truth is, and I actually have the template. Uh, that I talk about in the book, but you know, it's a four-step template to creating a, 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 what I call a value-articulated, emotionally-driven story. But the whole framing around what I what I talk about is that a problem should have three principles, uh, three elements, and so should the outcome. Now, the when you look at it, you know, you start with what you know what you call the, the real-world costs of the problem, right? So I give an ex you know a great example of that is you know when I went and saw um, a electrician once, I said, so what problems do you have in your business? And he, well, I don't really have any problems. And I said, well, really? Because I know my niche and they all have these three problems. And he went, well, no, I don't have any of those. I'm like, gosh, I just drove out 45 minutes. Do you have any problems at all? And he said, well, I guess the fact that they don't clean up after themselves. And I said, well, okay, well, how much is that costing you? He's like, well, not much. Every now and then I send them back, maybe an hour here, an hour there. I'm like, we're talking you know, hundreds of dollars worth of costs. And I'm trying to sell $10,000 odd trainings. It's not going to go so well for me, is it? So that's in the real world cost of the problem. It's not really that much. But I said, well, let me ask you a question. Do me a favor. Um, like, do you ever, just tell me, do you ever go out and, and see people um, your, yourself? He said, well, yeah. I mean, I probably go out and see, you know, 10 people a month. I said, do you ever get any, um, any, any referrals from those people? He said, well, yeah. I mean, you know, I easily get, you know, probably three or four every time I go out uh, to those 10 people. I said, okay, so interesting. So how many you know, people do your team go out to see? And he said, well, you know, they'd probably go out and see four times what I do. I said, well, so do they get, you know, four times the referrals? He goes, no, they'd be lucky to get one or two. I said, okay, so let me put this in perspective. If you went and saw 40, I'm not saying you could, but if you did, you would probably get three to four. So let's call it three times 40 in, in referrals. So you'd probably get about 12 referrals. He said, well, yeah, probably. I said, you know, I mean, the math works. I said, but they get two. So how is it you're losing 10 referrals a month? from these people. How much, by the way, how much is a referral worth? He's like, well, I would probably make about a thousand bucks a referral. I said, so that's like $10,000 a staff member you're probably losing. How many staff do you have? And he's like, well, 50, I've got five. I'm like, you're losing $50,000 for um, in lost referrals potentially. 
Now all of a sudden he's a lot more motivated. This is the world of opportunity cost. Now, then I move into emotional cost, right? So the emotional cost is, well, firstly, does it frustrate you that you're losing $50,000 because your staff aren't cleaning up after yourself? Probably because they don't understand customer service, which is what I'm selling, customer service training. Well, it does now. I said, but do you ever get to the point where it's like Friday night and it's getting late and you get a phone call, you're about to, to leave the office and some, your staff member hasn't cleaned up after yourself, uh, themselves. You can't get in contact with them. So you're the one that ends up going out because it happened last Friday. My daughter's not talking to me right now because I missed her dance recital, but one bad review on, on Google or Yelp and that's it. That's the end of my business. So who else? I had to go. Now, all of a sudden, how motivated do you think he is to fix the problem? Now, when I tell stories to people, I focus on those three elements. I talk about an electrician I met that, met that thought, you know, when I'm networking and I meet an electrician that thinks they don't have any problems, I tell this story of this person that thought he didn't. I then talk about the real cost, which was nothing, the opportunity cost and the emotional cost. And then I talk about how the problem was fixed and how he's not getting all 50,000 worth of referral, but he's getting like 35, 37,000. And now his daughter's talking to him because he's been to all the, you know, all the dance recitals, all his kids' football games. If you can approach a story and a client from those level of costs, there is no way they're not going to want to work with you. Any final words before, before we head out today? Yeah, look, the, the one thing that I would really suggest to people is that, you know, Abraham Lincoln has this famous quote, you know, if I was given six hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend the first four sharpening the axe. I think what most people do, I mean, and look, the people that are part of your platform, you know, they're obviously very active learners, but truthfully, most people, especially when it comes to sales, and even more specifically, which shocked me when it comes to marketing, they spend 90% of their time, you know, just keeping on chopping. They don't really spend time sharpening the axe. So I think what's really great about the presentation we have in the Growth Institute platform is it really shows you the three major principles. The first two are really about priming you to have your customers see you as the only logical choice. And the last one is to make sure that sales really isn't that uncomfortable. So I would really recommend that everyone sharpens their axe on that, on that program. Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates, or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. Thanks again, and see you next time.